There was a time when the name Kodak meant photography. At the same time, here in Newfoundland and Labrador, that honor was shared with the name Teuton. That company had exclusive rights to Kodak, Kodak products in the then colony, and that meant that all paths led to Anthony Teuton's door. Tomorrow afternoon at the rooms, the founder of the company's great-grandson, also named Anthony Teuton, will give a talk about his family and the millions of rolls of films they processed and printed over the years. Six years ago, young Anthony visited the on-the-go studio to share some of his research. Here's part of that conversation from the CBC archives. Take me quickly back through your family tree. If you're the fourth, Anthony, where's the first? The first is Anthony Maurice Teuton, as he was known, but his original name on his birth certificate is Anthony Moses Teuton, and he was born in Damascus, Syria. And as the story goes, he studied in Beirut, Lebanon, Paris, France, and made his way to Liverpool, got sick on the boat coming over to North America, uh, where I believe he had the intention of becoming a uh, doctor, going into medicine, either uh, studying in New York or Montreal. That's what's documented in uh, numerous articles. But uh, as the story goes, he got sick on the boat, stayed in St. John's, and uh, decided to uh, try to find some work as a uh, portrait photographer. And that's where the story begins. How far back does his relationship with George Eastman go? There are many variations on this. I put some thought into it. I would think of it as uh, being very similar to uh, variations on a piece of music. And I've always gone with um, the approach that my father taught me, which is as long as you have two isolated accounts that fall in line historically, you, you know, you can sort of go on that as being fact. And um, as I understand it, it's, it's a, truly a love story, actually, that caused my great-grandfather to uh, initially meet uh, Mr. Eastman and obtain the distribution rights. In 1905, my great-grandfather was working in St. John's as a portrait photographer. He had two studios, actually. The first one was the Parisian, and the Parisian studio was on Water Street, and uh, there was such demand that he then started the American. And he, he actually had a phone line that went uh, between the two. And uh, as the story goes, my great-grandmother would inform him if there was a lineup at one. I mean, he was kind of running back and forth between the two. So he had the Parisian studio and he had the American studio, you know, initially with glass plate portraits, and he's using sunlight to develop them. Roll film had not yet been invented. Because it was Eastman who invented roll, roll film. film. And then in 1888, invented motion picture film. Now, I found a, a document that suggests that his brother Simon, and I thought I should mention this, I should have mentioned this earlier, he was a mineral prospector here before my great-grandfather came over, his older brother Simon. So Simon was actually the manager of, of one of those outlets at the time, uh, early on, and then, um, and then he eventually left and moved to Montreal. And so he was going out with uh, his girlfriend at the time, Minnie Roberts, whom he went on to marry in 1914, uh, and she, uh, she was his girlfriend at the time, and she said, look, why don't you contact Mr. Eastman and, and ask him for the actual distribution rights? Uh, he sent uh, Kodak a couple of letters and, and, and didn't hear back. Uh, then as the story goes, he, at the urging of my great-grandmother, uh, actually went down to Rochester and met with um, their export manager. 
and uh, and I also have some you know some information in the archives that suggests at the time that he met Mr. Eastman, who was very impressed by him. Poppy Teuton was uh, was quite unique. I mean, he's from Damascus, Syria. He doesn't speak any English. French is his uh, first language. He's standing out here, you know, in in St. John's, Newfoundland, which is the oldest port in North America, donning three-piece suits, going door to door. But uh, he goes down to Rochester, and he's put up in the finest hotels. And as the story goes, he he met uh, Mr. George Eastman, and Kodak provided my great-grandfather with a one-year trial. This is still around 1911, and he ends up, you know, running this very successful enterprise. So it goes from a one-year trial to what essentially becomes a monopoly. And he had the monopoly to sell Kodak products exclusively within Newfoundland. So in 1914, with the outbreak of World War I, uh, with many Newfoundlanders signing up uh, for the war, families rushed to buy cameras and film. So as the story goes, a letter comes through from Kodak saying, Tony, what are you doing, throwing the cameras overboard? The numbers were, were outstanding. So then with that, a very interesting part of Newfoundland history takes place, whereby you have servicemen, you have people coming through. It's Teutons, the Kodak store, and Teutons is as synonymous with Kodak as Kodak is synonymous with Teutons and photography here in Newfoundland. The exclusivity derived from that export franchise account was very successful, and it lasted for 38 years. So once your great-grandfather gets this exclusive Kodak deal... How quickly and how big does the company get? How big does Teutons eventually grow? Well, Teutons eventually grows to, as my father said, anywhere from 400 to 600 drop-off points, which are called dealers across the island. One main plant to process and print 3,000 or more rolls of film per day, which is now low-tech. It's called low-tech down on uh, Cabot Street. And then uh, under my father, Jeff, by the early 1990s, we had 17 retail outlets, and he had expanded into Nova Scotia. You have a scenario where my great-grandfather developed the first roll of film in Newfoundland, and then uh, Teutons eventually processed and or printed every photograph um, and every slide through one entity. <laughs> what happens after Confederation? Many people are impressed with what came pre-Confederation. What inspires me the most, and what, has, what I've always been drawn to by this story, my father at a young age became president of the company, and I was always inspired by television and by radio and communications. And as I understand it, the heyday for Teutons was the 1950s. There is a deal that, by all accounts, is uh, up until that time unheralded, maybe pun intended, and uh, Mr. Jeff Sterling and my great-grandfather uh, have a um, phenomenal uh, business relationship that ushers Teutons into Confederation. So we get into some very interesting um, and very clever advertising. For example, during Christmas, Teutons would sponsor a program on CJON each Christmas morning whereby announcers like Bob Lewis would go to the orphanages and present gifts and, what, and whatnot, and, and Poppy was very uh, much, I think, enthralled with the opportunities associated with communications. 
So you have this crossover with Mr. Sterling, who's about to go in this massive direction, and my great-grandfather. And again, that is very similar to what was happening with George Eastman and Poppy. It's, it's all about relationships, and I think, uh, you know, having a similar consciousness and an understanding for, for what's possible. That, to me, is what signifies uh, a wonderful final 20 years in, in my great-grandfather's career, because he died in 1971. Before we wrap up, Anthony, I want to talk about your great-grandfather as a man in his community, a mm -hmm. guy who comes here accidentally but finds great success and fortune here. And he feels that part of being a citizen of Newfoundland and Labrador is that he has to give back. He was pouring back into the community in a way that he tried to keep as anonymous as possible. So, for example, my father uh, recounted a story of uh, the late Judge Rupert Bartlett sat on uh, the Children's Playground Association, I believe it was called. And, um, for example, they wouldn't have enough money for certain... Playground equipment certain, in Bowering yeah. Park or Bannerman Park or something. Yeah, and so Mr. Bartlett, who was a lawyer at the time, would the next day receive a check for the exact amount necessary, and of course it would be signed anonymous. <laughs> that was a very common scenario with respect to Poppy Teuton, from what I understand. He poured back into the community, I believe, as much as he possibly could. There was the, um, the pool at Victoria Park, uh, the Cascades. I mean, thousands and thousands of children over the years um, had the opportunity to, to enjoy that, and he donated that. He uh, developed a kinship with Newfoundlanders, and he created tremendous friendships, and uh, he never went back to his homeland. Uh, so it's quite a fascinating story. I think it's, um, it's unfortunate that the industry uh, went in the direction that it did, and I think now we should celebrate the stories that helped create generations of, of memories. And I do want to do that here today, and I, I do want to focus on the positive, but I do have to ask you, I'd be remiss if I didn't. Mm -hmm. Eastman Kodak is almost gone as a company, and Teutons, the same. What happened? Well, I think the person to ask is the, you know, or the people to ask are the people that were at the helm. I think it was a sad ending. I think that in the case of uh, my father, who was running the business at the time, in the early 90s, and I was away at school at that time, he was keen on expansion. And uh, in Newfoundland, we had the Cod Moratorium. Uh, the GST was introduced. Those two things combined had a tremendous impact on um, being able to properly uh, fund an expansion. Also, Newfoundland was hit by the recession at that time in the early 90s in a, in a way that the rest of Canada wasn't. So that has to be taken into account. And by then, you don't have the... Uh, Teutons doesn't have the exclusivity anymore. It's not the only place you can get a roll of Kodak film. Exactly. When I last went down to Rochester, I saw a city that, that was really ravaged by the downfall of the bastion, which was Kodak. And... Um, and I can tell you that, uh, that I think they've started to turn themselves around. But uh, when you have these communities that are based on, on such industries, it's not about the history. It's about product. It's about import-export. It's about how much can we expand market share. 
And it's about tomorrow's sales and today's bottom line. That's right. I look at myself. I come back into this and I say I have an interest in in uh, filmmaking and I've gone to film school and whatnot. Obviously, it's a natural uh, correlation to try to tell a story that that is so close to me and and uh, and the province from which I come. <laughs> Well, Anthony, I want to thank you for coming by and telling us so many fascinating stories about your great-grandfather. It's a, a piece of the history of this province that I didn't know, and I'm sure a lot of on-the-go listeners didn't know either. Thank you. From on-the-go back in 2012, that is Anthony Teuton fourth. If you'd like to learn more about his family's place in the history of photography in this place, the place to be is the Rooms Theatre tomorrow at 2.30. Uh, the cost of the uh, of Anthony's talk is included in the price of admission.